Joining us this morning on Fox Sports, our friend Charles Goldman. Charles, good morning. Thanks for being with us. Hey, good morning. Happy New Year. Thanks for having me. Appreciate the time. Uh, before we get into the matchups coming up this weekend around the National Football League, let's talk quickly about some of the big coaching changes around the NFL. Mike McCarthy, newest head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. Matt Rule, newest head coach of the Carolina Panthers. And a man who until 48 hours ago I'd never heard of by the name of Joe Judge, the new head coach of the New York Giants. What's your sense on the McCarthy hiring and the Rule hiring and the Judge hiring uh, with those teams? Uh, you know, I, I I like some of the hirings. The one that, that confuses me kind of confuses you as well with the, the Joe Judge uh, hiring. I mean, I've heard great things about um, uh, Judge and, and special teams coordinators in particular becoming head coaches or being candidates for, for becoming head coaches because they really have to deal with the whole roster, um, which a lot of coordinators don't have to do. Um, so from that perspective, it's an intriguing hire. Um, you know, it, I, it frustrates me though. Cause when you look at it, you look at the Belichick coaching tree, you look at the Reed coaching tree and there's a little disparity in the successes there. You know, Reed's, uh, disciples are kind of batting about 500 and Belichick's disciples, um, Aren't aren't at 500, so it, it frustrates me when when you have a guy who's been in the cycle for for two seasons like Eric Bieniemy, and it doesn't seem like you know he's getting these interviews, but but there's something happening where he's not getting past the interview phase, and, and it's frustrating because the guy is is beloved um, in Kansas City. He's beloved by the players, his fellow coaches, um, and, and really the fan base. And they want to see him have an opportunity to become a head coach. And, you know, he's not getting it. Um, but we'll see what happens. You know, there's still an opportunity in Cleveland. Maybe they have an idea um, of what they want to do there. I heard that they, that they kind of want to make a decision sooner than later, despite, you know, not really having uh, much competition for, for coaches anymore. You mentioned Eric. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish your thought. I was going to say, as for the, the Rule hiring and the McCarthy hiring, I'm also kind of intrigued by those, uh, Matt Rule in particular, because um, just the turnarounds that he's had in in the college football world. Um, you talk about uh, with Temple and then Baylor. Um, that, it's just interesting. I want to see how he makes the jump from the, the college game to the NFL game. Um, because, yeah, we got to remember this Panthers team a couple seasons ago you know, was in the mix to, uh, to, to win a Super Bowl. So, um, I, you know, we'll see if they can get back there. You mentioned Eric Bieniemy, and certainly there's a lot of discussion about why didn't Eric Bieniemy get uh, a, a greater consideration, perhaps for the Giants' job or any of the other head coaching positions that were available as of last week. And certainly now, the only one that's still available right now appears to be Josh McDaniels' job, perhaps to lose out in Cleveland right now. But the sense of the Rooney Rule discussion has obviously taken center stage again, and there's been a lot of volatile opinions uh, that have been 
expressed about it. Stephen A. Smith went on a tirade on ESPN earlier this week. Rob Parker on Fox Sports Radio took a, took it a little bit more, uh, a, a different slanted approach on it, suggesting that players should simply just refuse to join teams that aren't coached by minorities uh, around the NFL, which I think is a kind of an absurd argument. So give me your analysis of the and the dissection about the Rooney rule. Is it just ineffectual? And how would you go about some way of maybe rewriting the rule to be so that owners and, and front offices could be and maybe perhaps should be a little bit more transparent? Yeah, I think the, the rule serves its purpose. I, I think that probably the big problem is, I mean, you look at all these franchises around the NFL and success and, and consistent success is so hard to find that ownership probably just doesn't really know what it looks like or they have an idea of what it looks like, but it, not, it might not look the same as it did, you know, 10, 20 years ago when their franchise was successful. So when you're interviewing these head coaching candidates, I, I don't know that they're, they're keeping as open of a mind because they have this idea in their head already of what, of, you know, what a successful head coach in the NFL is, and, and that just might not be the same anymore. So, um, you know, as far as the Rooney rule concern, is concerned, like I said, I think it, it serves a purpose. I wouldn't modify it um, or, or change it in any way. Um, you know, I, I do think, you know, you got to look at some patterns with some of these teams, though, that, you know, if they're, if they're bringing in, you know, a candidate every other year, if they're, if they're going through head coaches quickly and, you know, they're, they're you know, making some sort of biased decision, and you can determine that through some data, then, you know, I think you need to, to look at that if you're the league. But um, I, I don't think there's much you can do to, to change it and kind of corner these teams into making decisions that they don't want to make. I think it's really just a, a knowledge power type of thing and, and helping, you know, teams and maybe assistant coaches prepare better to, to show those teams that, hey, I'm going to be the next successful head coach for your franchise. Charles Goldman joining us here on the show. Charles is the managing editor of ChiefsWire.USAToday.com. Follow them on Twitter at the Chiefs Wire, one of the many websites under the umbrella of USA Today's sports media group, and we appreciate his time very much this morning on the show. Last year, Patrick Mahomes made his playoff debut, had a win and a loss in two home games. He spoke about that yesterday in his press conference about the differences and having the experience that he didn't have last year here's Patrick Mahomes yesterday for me I think the only thing that's that's really different is just having the experience uh being able to play in games like this at Arrowhead and being able to win one and lose one and so I understand that how much every single play counts uh, how much every single rep and practice counts and how you have to really take advantage of every single opportunity that you get talk about the differences between what you've seen from Patrick Mahomes going into this weekend's matchup against Houston and what you thought of Patrick Mahomes last season make, when making his playoff debut. Yeah, I mean, last season Patrick Mahomes was the runaway MVP. He he wasn't really challenged throughout the season. This season, he he's been through it. He's seen it all. I mean, beginning of the season, the first week, he he gets the ankle injury that kind of lingers around with him. Uh, his his two by I think week three, his two starting receivers, Tyree Kill, lost in the first half of the. The, the week one game, then you have Sammy Watkins going down. So you're, you're dealing with that adversity really early in the season. And then throughout, you get the kneecap dislocation injury. 
you're missing two games. Um, your team kind of has this mid-season skid, and then you know things start to come together. Your your defense is starting to click, um, and, and you get back, and you're you're a little bit healthier, but still not 100. percent And you're you're battling, and you know it, it was a bit of a struggle to get to this point. And you know you you think about what he went through the previous season, and, and it was quite a quite a bit easier to get there. Um, and, and, you know, like you said, he has this better understanding of what it takes in the playoffs now. And you look around, and the Chiefs are the only team in the divisional round of the playoffs who, who were there last year. So they're the only team that made it this far, the only team that has that, that knowledge um, uh, about what, what they're facing. And, you know, you got some teams who've been there before, like the Packers and the Seahawks, but Ravens, um, but they haven't been there in, in a minute. And uh, so it, it's, it's interesting that, that they're coming in with this type of experience. I'm interested to see how that is going to help them in the long run. I think at, at least this week it'll help them. Coming off the bye week, we know, you know, we know Andy Reid's uh, tremendous record coming off the bye week. Postseason play, I think it's four, four and two. Um, in his career, uh, that, that's pretty dang good. Um, and, but I also feel like there's a little bit of underestimation of this Texans team. I mean, we saw them earlier in the season. Deshaun Watson, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, this is going to be quite the matchup. In the first five game, uh, start, the four games that the Chiefs had to start the season, in which they went 4-0, and they gave up a total of 94 points defensively uh, on the, on the, for the Kansas City Chiefs. However, in their current six-game losing streak now, they gave up 17 to the Chargers, they gave up 9 to Oakland, 16 to New England, 3 to Denver, 3 to Chicago, and only 21 to the L.A. Chargers to wrap up the season. So what changed? Fundamentally, obviously some personnel change, you saw Terrell Suggs. He's become a factor defensively. Talk about some of the other defensive changes that have gone on with the New England Patriots from September up to this weekend. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, you know, you, you, you look at some of the changes uh, that, that the team's kind of made from a personnel perspective. You've got, you know, Suggs in there. You've got uh, Mike Pennell, who's a big run-stopping defensive tackle, kind of clogs up the middle. Um, you've got just a lot of other players who are kind of mixing in who, who didn't earlier in the season, but they got that experience because, you know, the Chiefs dealt with quite a few injuries this season. So they kind of mixed some guys, excuse me, some guys in there, um, Rashad Fenton, um, a, a cornerback, a rookie cornerback, drafted, I believe, in the fifth round. And, you know, yeah, they're getting production out of him and good production. So, um it, it, it has to do with personnel, but it also has to do with just the, the players they had getting more comfortable in Steve Spagnuolo's scheme. you got to remember, you know, going from a 3-4 defense to a 4-3 defense, different uh, defensive coordinator, I mean, that, that all just doesn't click overnight. It takes some time. Um, so you have guys who are kind of relearning that scheme, guys you brought in specifically for that scheme, and they're all kind of learning the scheme at the same time, but they're also learning to play together and play well together. Um, and I think one of the guys behind it has, has really been uh, safety Tyron Matthew. I mean, not only has he been a tremendous leader on the defense, but he's been a playmaker. He's playing some of the best football of his career um, over the last half of the season. 
I, I truly think that he, is, depending on how far the Chiefs go in the playoffs, that and his performance, he has a, um, <laughs> a good case for defensive player of the year honors, in my opinion. But um, you know, you you look, he he's voted in as a team captain his first year on the team. I mean, not many guys get that uh, have that happen uh, for for the playoffs. Uh, in their first their first year with the team. Charles Goldman joining us here on the show. Charles, let's quickly preview some of the other matchups we'll be hearing about and watching this week and start out on Saturday uh, with the San Francisco 49ers taking on Minnesota. I've mentioned it before. First-time quarterbacks in the playoffs have a rather poor record. This will be Jimmy Garoppolo's playoff debut. Should that be a reason for concern for 49ers fans this weekend against Minnesota? Yeah, I don't. I don't know that it should be. I think the defense is going to be the the, the unit that really helps that team and gets them to the point, uh, you know, where they can progress in the playoffs. Um, the big weakness for that Vikings team has always been the offensive line. So I'm looking at that defensive line, offensive line matchup, whether or not the Vikings can protect Kirk Cousins, can run the football. Um, that that'll be key. Um, for that one there i'm not i'm not so convinced that the vikings can't pull it off because they really did surprise me last week but i think that i think the 49ers have enough to get it done meantime the other half of the afc playoff bracket the baltimore ravens at home taking on the tennessee titans how do you see that one yeah i i think the titans they look pretty unstoppable with that derrick henry running nobody wants to tackle them this time of year um, but I think the Ravens, they got that, that aggressive mindset on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so long as they stay healthy, I think they can manage to, to slow down the Titans' offense enough and that Lamar Jackson can make enough plays on the opposite side, on, on the Ravens' offense, to, to get them the victory at home. We'll get back to the uh, Kansas City game, which kicks off coverage on Sunday, uh, but let's go to the nightcap on that one. Seattle on the road at Green Bay. Seahawks are 7-1 on the road. Green Bay 7-1 at home. How do you see that one? You know, I, I, Aaron Rodgers this year has been so polarizing. It, it's a question of whether or not he can truly trust him um, in a playoff game like this, and then you know the Seahawks—they've—they've they've been, they've had their ups, they've had their downs. They're coming off of a, a big wild card win, probably feeling really confident. Um, I think Russell Wilson just makes more plays in this one than than the Packers. He's got more weapons at his disposal, I think, and. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a pretty close match, but I got the Seahawks winning by a point. All right, that's a Seattle victory there. And then your game that you'll be keeping an eye on, of course, Kansas City taking on Houston. Just for full disclosure, I think it's a blowout. That Houston-Buffalo game was as ugly a playoff game as I've seen in a long time. They can't play that way against Kansas City this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game. I, I think that, that, you know, the odds makers in Vegas, I think it was the, the nine nine point five point uh, spread, something like that. I, I think that they're disrespecting the Texans a little bit there. On the offensive side of the ball, I mean, they've got some serious weapons. The mismatch I'm looking at is they they've really struggled to keep cornerbacks on the field. They've got two new ones since the the first matchup between the Chiefs and the Texans. I believe. Uh, They've added uh, Gary and Conley, who the Chiefs are familiar with in Oakland, um, and they've had a lot of success against him. I, I just think that, that Pat is going to be primed and ready 
the offense is going to be looking more well-oiled than it has uh, in the past couple of games. And uh, I, I think the Chiefs come away with probably a closer win than some expect, maybe like 35-30. Charles Goldman, managing editor for the Chiefs Wire. Follow them on Twitter over there. Check out the website, chiefswire.usatoday.com. Charles, we appreciate your time. We look forward to talking again very soon. All right, you take care. Have a great day, sir. Charles Goldman joining us here on Fox. We will wrap up our number.